Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Full Kombucha Podcast. My name is Lydia, and I am so glad that you're taking time out of your day to listen in. Welcome. This is my verbal journal as I transition out of the public school system and am now brewing kombucha commercially. And I started a business called Living Full Kombucha roughly a year ago now. And I am just talking about all things that work, things that don't, and just random things that are on my mind. Because again, verbal journal. But my eventual goal is to open what I deem an inclusive kombucha tap room. I used to be a special education teacher and I would love to celebrate neurodiversity in the brewing space and really provide job opportunities and work training opportunities to adults with disabilities. So I'm excited that you are here. Welcome. And I'm just going to dive right on in. So I always share what I am sipping on in every episode, and today I thought because our topic is talking about shrubs, which if you're like, wait a second, aren't you going to talk about kombucha? No, I'm not. So if you're not interested, move on, but you should totally stick around. Please stay. Please don't go. (laughs) But I am going to sip on, I am sipping on, a new shrub flavor. Alongside my kombucha, I talked about in my last episode that I am trying to figure out new seasonal flavors every single month, and I do that with my shrubs as well. So for my shrub, I am working on a cantaloupe mint right now, and I am trying to figure out the mint component. Mint is just, oh man, one, I think it just grows like crazy, and there's so much in my garden right now. I say garden loosely. There's a bunch of weeds and mint right now, and I think there's Queen Anne's lace. That's about it. Yeah, that's about all I have in my garden right now, and I have some bird feeders, <laughs> but a lot of mint, and I just thought how refreshing mint is in the summer, and so I took some mint, and I put that with cantaloupe, and I feel like the mint is a little overpowering the cantaloupe, so I'm trying to dial back the mint and just figure out the right ratio, but overall, this is extremely refreshing, and one that I think is going to succeed and make it to the farmer's market eventually really pumped about this but I will update you and you'll probably see on my social media living full kombucha uh, what I decide because I'm also doing some other flavors but I'm not super thrilled about them to share them with you quite yet peach peach sucks I can't make peach work that's what I'm working on anyway today I wanted to take some time on the podcast to talk about shrubs you know so many people have asked me your name is living full kombucha why do you have another product why do you feature something else and I just wanted to give some time to that and kind of give a little little brief history into shrubs and what my eventual plan is with this product and where I see this going. So I wanted to go back to kind of my name, Living Full Kombucha, and kind of my decision to add on another product like a shrub to my product list alongside the booch. And you know I like to keep it extremely real with you, and I'm going to be quite honest with this, and it's probably going to be something that's a little unexpected um, and why I chose to do shrubs. So I actually chose to do shrubs financially. And this is kind of what I mean by financially. I've shared in previous episodes kind of my startup costs and how I'm cash flowing everything in this business thus far. I don't know if business loans or crowdfunding will be in my future. I'm thinking that it might. But at this point, I am cash flowing everything and just kind of coming up with something like this. But anyway, that's all to say that going into my first farmer's market season and thinking about where I was financially and what I could bring to people, I realized that my margins and how much money I had in my bank account was not very exciting. As a smaller producer, 
and someone who's cash flowing again, everything that I was buying, I was not buying as much in bulk. So for example, I was buying bottles by the boxes. And so if you buy something like that, at least in my area, bottles are very expensive. And I was almost paying double of what another producer might pay if they were to order a pallet of thousands of bottles. And so looking at my ingredients, I hold myself up to a very high standard and I only use organic loose leaf teas, organic fruits, organic cane sugar, everything that I feel like the body can respond to best, but it is a lot more expensive. So choosing those ingredients alongside some of these smaller amounts of other equipment that I have, my margins for my kombucha, I realized, were a lot lower than I thought they were. And I am definitely not the pro. If you've followed me for a while, you know I YouTube a lot of stuff. I ask people a lot of questions, and I am finding out along the way and documenting it here on the podcast. But from what I have understood and read and just asked people about, you need a really good, I would say like 60% margin, or you're at least trying to shoot for a 50 to 70% margin in a product so that you can build upon your business and actually make a profit so that you can put more money back into it and, and build and grow hello edit <laughs> okay hello good morning oh my goodness this is Lydia a couple days later trying to edit the podcast and listening back and thinking what in the world was she talking about 40 to 60 percent margin although super awesome would be great it's not as realistic <laughs> and especially making a food product something a little bit more realistic is between the 30 to 35 percent range and I was still not hitting that so just pretend like I said that the first time, but I actually found an article online from Michigan State University that I thought captured this really well. It says the usual percentage of return or profit margin for a food manufacturer is between 30 to 35%. But in summary, since it's virtually impossible for small businesses to compete in the lower price range, it is critical that they highlight attributes about their product that consumers value and are willing to pay a higher price for. Boom. That's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to explain to people when they come up to my, you know, the farmer's market and say, hey, uh, why is this $4? Hmm. You get it now. Anyway, let's pretend like I never said that. But if I say 40 to 60% again, edit 30 to 35%. Thank you. And now back to the original audio. Hashtag always learning. Okay. And looking at where I am right now and where I want to be, that margin was a little scary of a number. And I realized, okay, if I'm going to expand this business or even grow more and make more kombucha, I have to make more on this kombucha itself. Now, me not wanting to, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Um, Trade in uh, for non-organic things. Compromise. That's the word. compromise on something else and again I'm not hating on anybody who chooses to do non-organic that is totally your thing and I respect you if you choose differently but looking at all the costs I couldn't get my bottle cost down because I couldn't afford anything bigger and I actually didn't even have the space to put a pallet at the time and so looking at where I was I thought about okay what if I brought something else to the market? And at first I was thinking, could I make something with the kombucha that I could supplement? So like, could I make kombucha jams? I don't know. I was just thinking randomly. What can I make with kombucha? And I'm literally like, I have my hands like I'm typing because that's what I was typing into Google. What are other things you can do with kombucha? 
And I realized that there's some really cool things, but to make those cool things, you got to put those cool things into other containers. Containers cost money. Then you have to have labels. Labels cost money and caps and all the things. And I'm like, oh goodness, this is going to be a lot. And what I also realized is that the kombucha, I didn't have a lot of at the time. And so if I was selling everything that I was making in a bottle, how would I have enough kombucha left over to make something different to sell? So I went back to the drawing board and I thought, is there something else that I could make that is kind of in the same family as kombucha that other people would like to learn about, but also something that they would use on the regular because I'm trying to kind of educate the community about fermented foods and especially kombucha, of course, but is there something similar in that family that I could supplement the kombucha with? And that is where I found out about shrubs. Yes, Google, thank you very much. I found out about shrubs. Infused apple cider drinking vinegars, also a fermented beverage and something that you can add to a drink. In addition to finding this, I was just really excited because it actually sounded like something I would enjoy too. And selfishly, I love kombucha and that's kind of why I really wanted to make more of it. And I, you know, initially had the hobby that now has turned business. But then I was like, okay, shrubs are something that I think that I could really get behind and that I would really enjoy. Let's try making a batch at home. Let's see how it goes. And so I made a batch at home and I really, really enjoyed the final product. And I looked at different variations that you could make with fruits and herbs and different things. And the flavor profile was almost very similar to a kombucha with that tart sweetness in a sense. And the benefits of using different types of vinegars. Oh my goodness, there's so many and I'm still learning so much about it. But I was pretty sold. But there was some things I had to figure out before really pressing start on this. And that was looking at the margins of this product. Now, I didn't really do this up front with the kombucha until after I established the business. And that's something that, you know, I, I went from teacher to food creator and entrepreneur. I didn't know about margins at the time. So it wasn't something that I considered until I got to the farmer's market time. So if I could suggest something to you, if you were just starting off in this kombucha business, I would look at what are some of the costs of the materials and what would you sell this at? Because really at the end of the day, this is a business and you do need to make money in order to bring this to the world. And with the shrubs, I realized I was making a lot more of my margin. I'm not going to give that number because that number fluctuates. I don't want you to take that as a hard fact and like, wow, she's going to do this or man, she's giving us a ripoff in the price. That's not why I'm here today. But I'm basically telling you and, and being quite honest is that my margins for the shrubs were so good that I could justify buying caps, bottles and ingredients and still make a lot more money in the margin that I could use it to help my kombucha margins. Does that make sense? Is that kind of crazy? Also, it kind of makes me think of that movie, what is it with Cameron Diaz, My Sister's Keeper, that's what it is, where the one sister is born essentially to help her other sister live. So essentially what I'm trying to say is, is that one of the sole reasons I created the shrubs was to help my margins and so I can make more kombucha. Man, I just said that out loud. I almost was never going to share that in a podcast, but again, I'm just, this is a verbal journal and I just, I want to be an open book and I want you to know that this is, this is where I started and this is where it's going, but this is just a very small part of my journey and it has really evolved, which I want to talk about here in a second, but I made a very small batch and I got some bottles. I also got some caps and I got a little labeler 
And really, the only other thing I had to figure out was, is the market going to take to this? It, it really is a proof of concept thing. And so far, I figured that kombucha would kind of take off because I hadn't been to the farmer's market yet. I didn't know what people were going to think of us. We were the first kombucha people at this market. And so now I'm bringing something called a shrub. And my name is Living Full Kombucha. And it's up to me to convince people to try to buy shrub at the same time as buying kombucha. <laughs> And if you have seen my pricing, a bottle of kombucha for me is $4 for 12 ounces, whereas for my shrub, it is $12. But if you're familiar with how shrubs work, it is a concentrate. And so you mix it into drinks in one bottle would make more than one drink. So as opposed to drinking a bottle of kombucha, you might be able to drink eight waters, sparkling waters, because that's what I usually mix my shrub with, or you can mix it into a cocktail or mocktail. So that's kind of where I started with and it was kind of a, a hard challenge at first because it was really up to us, hus my husband and I were at the markets, educating people about these fermented beverages. So I thought I'd take this time to kind of share with you in a sense what I have learned about shrubs and kind of a little brief history, just really brief, about kind of what I share in like my shrub spiel, 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 there we go. And then I'll conclude with one of my favorite ways to use a shrub. So, you know, I should have started with what is a shrub. So if you've been like, Lydia, why haven't you gotten that first? I probably should have flip-flopped this, but it's all good. A shrub is essentially an infused apple cider drinking vinegar. And I say apple cider, but shrubs can actually be used with any type of vinegar. And I have chosen apple cider vinegar and I use raw with the mother. So unpasteurized, similar to my kombucha. I don't pasteurize my kombucha. From what I have learned... Shrubs are actually not a new drink. It's actually a colonial drink that has really resurfaced and is really now trending in today's world. In fact, the word shrub actually comes from the Arabic word sharab, which means to drink. And what's neat about a shrub is that I think it was found accidentally. I've seen different resources and I've seen this quite a bit, but People back in colonial times, before there was refrigeration, would submerge their fruits and their herbs and, you know, different things that would spoil very quickly or be quickly consumed by bugs. They would submerge it in vinegars because we know a vinegar has a very low pH and kind of seals out any contaminants trying to come in. And what they recognized is that by drinking this, it was actually a very refreshing beverage and you can mix it in with water and it really helps quench your thirst. And a lot of people working out in the fields at the time would mix this, you know, vinegar, fruit vinegar in a sense with their water and it would really hydrate them again. And back in the day, and again, I'm giving you like a C minus explanation on this and there are so many books out that I'm going to share and link in my show notes. But what's really cool is that vinegar throughout all these times, not just in the colonial times, but ancient medicine, especially apple cider vinegar, was used as a medicine, as a tonic and things like that. And so people weren't afraid of vinegar at the time. They used it for different medicinal purposes. So a majority of people kind of knew that vinegar was really helpful towards the body. And by drinking it, especially when you're doing, you know, a very hard day's work outside, um, it has a lot of amazing things in it, such as potassium, for example. Um, that would really help the body be able to recover and have more energy and just keep going. I've also read that people who did not have enough money at the time to purchase wine would use shrubs in their drinks and I hate to say the word like poor man's wine, but it would give like a similar mouthfeel of that, you know, that balance between tart and sweet. 
and they really enjoyed that and they felt really nice too. And so that has really evolved over time. But then when refrigeration was introduced not too much longer, shrubs really died off. And it wasn't until this past, I can't even give you an amount of years. Again, I'm not the professional here, but quite recently, shrubs have now been making a resurgence, especially in the bar scene, to craft cocktails. A lot of bartenders, and that's actually kind of how I heard about shrubs too, is I read a lot of articles about bartenders using shrubs and how it almost evokes like a simple syrup bitters combination by using fruits and herbs and the apple cider vinegar that a lot of people really take to. And when people hear that there is vinegar inside of a drink, I still feel like over time the word vinegar and especially apple cider vinegar, people are like, oh, I know that's good for me. And so they might choose that drink over another drink that might have other things that they don't know if their body responds well to. So it's almost like a cleaner drink alternative, which I think is super cool. So to kind of turn that back on when people come up to the table, I have a sign and I'm actually thinking about changing the sign because I've had so many different types of people come up to my booth with pretty specific questions, but I'll get back to that in a second. But it'll say all natural cocktail mixers because again, most bartenders are using this, but it doesn't have to be used in a cocktail. It's actually a fantastic alternative for a mocktail. Again, because it gives that mouthfeel of a sweet and tart balance that a type of liquor might give off or a wine. And so it's really nice, especially when mixed with a sparkling water. It's a very refreshing drink. And so if you are someone that's abstaining from alcohol or you're living a sober lifestyle, this is a really nice drink alternative compared to a Coke or something. And it's going to make you feel a lot better at the same time because you're getting that raw organic apple cider vinegar. So it's been really nice when I'm at a farmer's market table talking with a potential customer and they're asking how they can use it. I have a lot of different ways that you can use shrubs. And if you're not super familiar with a shrub, you don't have to use it just in drinks. You can use a shrub in lieu of acids in cooking or in any type of like vinaigrette or as a marinade. And it's really nice. And, and overall, one of the reasons why I was so excited to bring on shrubs is it really is an inclusive drink. Many people can enjoy this and you are getting the fermented goodness that is there so with my first couple of batches I did two flavors at the beginning of my my shrub career I guess if you want to call it I did a blueberry ginger and a rhubarb hibiscus and these were other flavors that I saw other people doing and I thought all right maybe I could try it see how it turns out and it was received extremely well. I will say that shrubs do take a lot more education than kombucha. Again, I still think that it's something that, you know, like kombucha is now on the rise. More people are seeing it in grocery stores and things like that. And so they kind of know more information or they have sought after information. But with shrubs, you know, as a concentrate, you have to mix it. How much do you do? I, it really does take a lot of me explaining how to use it, but when I'm able to have that time to explain it to them and they're willing to hear, most of the time I can make a sale of a shrub and people are very delighted in how they are using it. And it's just been a really, really cool thing to see this shrub journey essentially take off. And, you know, as I described at the beginning of the episode, I used shrubs basically to supplement my kombucha. However, what I have noticed is that with our education and just our, our push and how we use shrubs, more and more people are coming up to our booth even solely for shrubs and the sales are actually getting to be very similar to our kombucha sales. 
And so looking at the future in how I might be using shrubs, I at first was just thinking, all right, I'll try it out for a season. If I like it, cool. I'm probably going to stop making it. And I've actually had lots of entrepreneurs, and I say lots, probably like five people, that have said, ooh, you're going to start this business and do two things? That's a lot. Like that's a little bit too much. You want to get good at one thing. Why don't you just make a kombucha? Because it's in your name, right? Which I hear you, pros and cons to each, right? But for the sake of the, the, the life of my business, I really needed to give shrubs an honest shot. And I'm happy to say that they have surpassed my, my expectations. And I'm going to keep them on because now I have people that are excited about the shrubs just like the kombucha. And if I'm looking at my overall mission of bringing fermented beverages and foods to people, this goes right inside that. And it is a very inclusive thing. Like I said, people who drink, people who don't drink, people who want to try something new, kids, all the things can enjoy this beverage. And I just think it's really neat that we were able to offer that. And so I am pleasantly surprised and excited with the future of the shrubs. So to conclude... What I see happening with the shrubs is that I will keep them on full time. I don't think that I'm going to stop producing them anytime soon. If anything, I'm going to continue making more flavors because more and more people are excited about this option. Additionally, I will say shrubs have saved my booty a couple of times when I'm talking to someone who doesn't like my kombucha. Because there is a little bit more of organic cane sugar inside of the shrubs, it makes it a little bit sweeter to the palate. And so when someone tries my kombucha for the first time, they're like, "Mm, that is not what I was expecting. I don't want it. And they're about to walk away. I have another sample of a shrub that I've mixed with sparkling water. And I'm like, hey, I would love for you to try my other product, the shrub. This is a little bit sweeter and you get to control how much is in it. And they, for the most part, are extremely welcoming towards that. And most of the time, I'll get people who, like I said, don't like the kombucha, walk away with a bottle of shrub. So that's been super cool to see. And a really awesome thing to see is people coming back, sharing recipes that they came up with. Because again, I know you can use kombucha in different drinks and mixed drinks, and there's plenty of room for that. That's another podcast episode. But shrubs really are very unique in crafting so many different unique dishes and beverages. And so when people excitedly come up and they're like, I'm having a girl's night and we're making these fun mojitos, we're going to add your blueberry ginger. I'm like, oh my gosh, how cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. Someone's like, I I drizzled this over my oatmeal or I put this in my smoothie. I'm like, yes, this is so cool. Way to get that in your diet. Like I'm just so excited. So I'm just really excited for the future of shrubs. And over time, I see in our inclusive tap room is us offering a multitude of different fermented beverages. And so I'd like to do both traditional kombucha and hard kombucha. I'd also like to do shrub mocktails and shrub cocktails. And I'd love to incorporate the kombucha and the shrubs into some of our food recipes as well. So I really see them sticking around. Now to kind of go back and kind of tie up at the end here, what about your name, Living Full Kombucha? Are you going to keep that if you have other products? I don't know. (laughs) I can't give you a hard yes or no. It is a lot of money to change things with the government, and I don't think I'm going to be changing it anytime soon. A lot of people know us by living full kombucha, and they now know that we offer shrubs. So it really is an educational component in just how how much time I'm spending telling people about the shrubs. It's up to me to continue sharing. But I don't know. I might change the name one day to living full for months, or I don't know, living full period. I don't know. And that's just a really fun part of the business is that I can continue to change my mind. I can continue to pivot and be creative with my choices. So I'm just excited. You know, I I just, I don't know where it's going, but I'm also planning for the future that I want. 
And I'm really happy that you are taking the time to follow me on this journey. So thank you so much for listening into today's episode. Again, I always welcome people to reach out and say hello, livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. And in the meantime, I'll see you soon. Be well and cheers.